there, I'm Leah Ben Miller, the worship leader of the local church, and you're listening to the local church podcast featuring the messages from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold, inclusive faith community based in Chatham County, North Carolina, and our mantra is our mission, love where you are. We gather for affirming, anchoring, and empowering worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Woods Charter School and online via Facebook Live and YouTube. No matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church. And we're so glad you're here. Our first scripture reading this morning is from the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were many, many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord of God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Our gospel reading for this morning is from the gospel according to John in the New Testament, chapter 11, verses 28 through 44. When Martha had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is such a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God for all of God's creation. A few, a few years ago, uh, I had a coffee with a friend who at the time was an aspiring podcaster. Uh, she was thinking about starting a podcast, and, and she wanted to meet because she knew about my background in digital media and production. Uh, that's what my undergrad uh, is in, and I've dabbled in podcasting here and there. I knew some things, and so she wanted to, to pick my brain. We met over in Durham at a place called the Mad Hatter. Anybody know the Mad Hatter? In Durham, and as we talked, I told her about uh, one of my like side projects at the time, which was uh, a weekly email newsletter that I would send. Uh, that was really more of an experiment than anything. Uh, only lasted about a year, and uh, and was more a creative outlet for me. And uh, um, this aspiring podcaster asked me uh, how I got the word out about it. Asked me uh, how I marketed this newsletter and other things and built my audience. And, and I was honest. I told her, I, I really didn't. I really didn't. Uh, uh, I never really made a big push. I didn't really advertise it. It was just a side project, not here to make any money, uh, not trying to be discovered or anything. And I told her I wanted it to be organic, uh, word of mouth driven. And, and so I took a, a hands-off, laissez-faire approach, uh, hoping that people would just sort of find it, and uh, discover content so engaging that they couldn't not subscribe then, because, uh, because they were so compelled. And I'll never forget this. Uh, she looked at me with a sort of puzzled expression and said, so you don't really talk about it? You just, you just wait for them to come to you? 
expecting them to find it on their own and hope for the best? And I said, yeah, that's it. To which she responded, well, that's really dumb. Which is why she is now no longer an aspiring podcaster and has actually made it pretty big. In fact, I know that many of you listen to this person's podcast on a regular basis. Uh, I'm proud to say that I can take absolutely zero credit uh, for any of it. And uh, I've thought about this conversation a lot, uh, not only because it's hilarious, uh, but also because I think it gets something right about the stories that Dan read for us today from the book of Ezekiel, the dry bones being raised to new life. And uh, the raising of Lazarus, which we heard a snippet of as well. Before we get into that, a uh, quick word of welcome. My name is Brent. I serve as the pastor here at the local church. And uh, we hope for three things each and every time you intersect with this movement anyway. We want you to feel affirmed, anchored, and empowered. That is affirmed in your belovedness as the child of God that you are. Anchored in the good news that we share together here each and every week. And empowered then to take that good news uh, and, and, and take your next faithful step. Whatever that might be toward God's mission, which is our mission, love where you are, affirmed, anchored, and empowered by God's grace. If you're participating online this morning, we are glad that you are here as well. Uh, We want you to know that wherever you are on your spiritual journey or on no journey at all, you have a place here at the local church. We are more whole with you, and that's more than lip service. We mean that, and uh, we can't wait to discover the ways this community is transformed by your presence here. Thanks be to God. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, would love to do that after the service. I'll be by the doors, um, but we're so glad that you are here. Today is the fifth Sunday in the season of Lent. As a refresher, Lent is the 40-day season that leads to Easter, uh, and uh, it's, it's our journey with Jesus toward the cross as we prepare for the heartbreak and hope of Holy Week and Easter. Lent is a season of preparation. It's a season of penitence, and uh, I like to think of it as sort of a spring cleaning for our souls, uh, the season in which uh, we clean out the junk drawers of our lives that we might then make room for something new. That's what Lent is. And uh, I was talking with a pastor friend this week, and we were both like just lamenting because Lent seems so long. Anybody else? Like we were talking and we were like, is there still, it's still Lent? Really? Anybody else feel that? Like, can't we just skip to resurrection? But no, that's the whole point. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, how long to guide us in this season? We're leaning into this series that feels like it's gone on forever, but I still love it. And the series is called Seeking Honest Questions for Deeper Faith. Honest Questions for Deeper Faith. Each week, we are taking a question that's rooted in the scripture that we share, the scripture that we hear, and, uh, and sort of rolling around with it, letting it break us open, break open our imaginations, that we might uh, uh, come to uh, uh, move closer to the heart of God, change our direction, and deepen our faith. I think it's been a good series, and so if you want to catch up, you can listen uh, to each of the past couple of weeks on our podcast. This is me telling you about it. Just let the record show. This is me telling you that we have a podcast. Um, But this week's question is uh, is not uh, one that's asked by any human character in the scripture, but asked by God in the passage from Ezekiel. And it also has resonances in uh, the story, the gospel that Dan read as well. Uh, And the question is this, can these bones live? But first, as we begin, let's just be quiet for a moment. Creator God, 
Bad news seems so loud. The death all-consuming in the midst of gun violence and hunger and melting ice caps and anxiety. It often feels like suffering has a microphone. How do we hear you? How do we find you? How do we know that these bones can live? Today, we show up bringing our raw selves, our authentic selves to this space, asking that once more you would rush through this room like a mighty wind. Remind us, oh God, that these bones can live. Speak to us now in your still, small voice and let it be loud enough to speak to the sorrow of our days. We know that good news rests in you and we know that you are here and so help us to listen. Not to the bad news of the day alone, but to the hope that you breathe into every word. May it bring us to life too. This day, with open hearts, we pray. Amen. We're going to spend most of our time with Ezekiel this morning, but we're going to touch on the raising of Lazarus as well. Uh, But a bit of context to get us going. Ezekiel is a book in the Old Testament, uh, the story of God and God's people before Jesus bursts onto the scene. It was written uh, while the Jewish people were held in captivity, forcibly removed from their homeland after the conquest of Judah, The fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of their temple, all happened about 586, 585 BCE. Uh, You might hear this called the Babylonian exile. Ezekiel was a prophet. He was a priest uh, and likely would have been among the first to be deported. And so this is the context in which he finds himself. This is, is the scene in which he's writing which he has this vision. And what you need to know is uh, that exile was traumatic. Exile was traumatic. They were forcibly removed from their homes. Families were separated. There was political instability. Everything familiar, their culture, their food, their language, their religious practices, everything that made them who they were was destroyed, taken away, gone. And they're left to just sort of sort through the rubble and pick up the pieces and and asking all kinds of questions that we might be familiar with too. Questions like, why did this happen? Where did we go wrong? Is there any hope still? Will I ever see them again? Will we ever get home? Did did God turn God's back on us? Why am I here? Who am I here now in all of this? And so when you hear these first two verses from Ezekiel that Dan read, we get a real sense of what Ezekiel is experiencing. The hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And then he led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley and they were very dry. It's death. It's hopelessness. God leads Ezekiel around the valley and shows him the death. I like to imagine the spirit just sort of yanking Ezekiel up by the collar and then dragging him all across the bones. And it had to be overwhelming. Can you imagine what he saw? What he smelled? Can you imagine what he tasted in his mouth? Bones everywhere. Bones and pieces of bones. A sternum here. A broken femur there. They're dried up. They're decaying. They've been there a long, long time. And after the spirit then plops him down, God says to Ezekiel, the only question in this entire passage, notice, 
He said to me, mortal, can these bones live? And I love, I love that it's God who asks the question. Not Ezekiel. God shows him the death, shows Ezekiel this decay, drags him all around it, practically shoves his face into it. And then God has the audacity to ask, can these bones live? So what's going on? Does God not know the answer? Is this a real question? What's happening? But I also love the ambiguity with which Ezekiel responds. It's, uh, it's, it's so human. It's not, of course, it's not, no freaking way. Instead, this is how he responds. I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Oh, Lord God, you know. And this is one of those moments where I wish you could hear the response, right? Because how Ezekiel utters this phrase could say a lot. There'd be a lot of subtext there, right? We're meant to ask, oh, Lord God, you know what? What is it that you know? You know that it's pointless? You know that, that, that uh, there's, it, it just doesn't happen, that bones come back to life? Or could it be, oh, Lord God, you know and only you know. If it can be done, if it's even remotely possible, it's because of you. After all, you've kicked up dust and breathed life into it before. You know that you could do it again. Oh, Lord God, only you know. It's such a human response, isn't it? So then what happens? God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And so he does. Ezekiel begins to, to prophesy to these bones. In other words, uh, he begins to call them to life, speaking the words that God has given him. And what happens next is wild. When Ezekiel begins to speak, the bones start to rattle and shake a little bit, and then they start to come together. I like to imagine Ezekiel sort of ducking as they fly overhead, you know, um, to get out of the way, thinking, what is going on? And then God speaks again, telling Ezekiel to prophesy to the breath this time, not just the bones, but the breath this time. And so he does and breath enters these bodies, filling their newly restored lungs, giving them life. And where Ezekiel had just been all alone, now a multitude surrounds him. What? Can you imagine? Can these bones live? For a people longing for hope when hope seemed like the most ridiculous thing in the world, this vision, Ezekiel's vision, gives them that hope to hold on to. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, Ezekiel is inviting the exile to trust in this hope, to hold on to this ridiculous promise when everything else has been stripped away, that they might come to believe that abundant life is still possible. Could that be true for us too? Can these bones live? What if God is asking us this question? Y'all, we don't need to be led around death to know it, to, to feel overwhelmed by it on a global scale. We're staring down a climate emergency, an immigration crisis, a surge of hate groups and gun violence and racial injustice. The list goes on. Closer to home, here in Chatham County, one in eight is food insecure. That means people choose between food on the table 
and basic hygiene items for their families. Nearly 11% of the population in Chatham County lives at or below the poverty line. And in Siler City, the western part of this county, that number nearly doubles. I was talking with Dakota Philbrick, who's the executive director of Love Chatham a couple weeks ago, and he told me that that in Siler City, 27% of homes have severe issues, making them nearly unlivable. 27% of homes. Anxiety, depression are on the rise, especially among high school students. And for queer high school students here, 75% reported that they'd experienced depression. Many of whom also report that they'd considered suicide. And that's just among those who self-reported. Deaths by drug overdose in Chatham County at an all-time high. That's what death looks like in our community. It might be even closer to home for you. It might be personal whether it's a relationship that seems impossible to fix or the grief of a lost future. Maybe you're bound by an addiction that you can't kick or you know somebody who is or, or the actual death of a loved one that's, that's left you reeling. Maybe it's cynicism and walls that you've built up or that have built up for you around your own heart. We know something about death. We're deep in Lent, y'all, aren't we? Can these bones live? And now think back. This is not a rhetorical question. Who brings the bones to life? Whose spirit? It's God, right? I said it's not rhetorical. Y'all made it a rhetorical question. It's God, right? Not a trick question. The spirit of God bringing the bones together, the breath of God filling their lungs. It's God. But take note, take note that nothing happens until Ezekiel opens his mouth and begins to prophesy. Nothing happens. It's only once he's opened his mouth and takes that step, responding to God's call, that the bones begin to rattle to life. And this is critical. I want you to notice what God doesn't say. God doesn't say, huh, you know, somebody should prophesy to these bones. If only somebody would prophesy to these bones. Hmm. Oh, well. In the same way, when Lazarus emerges from the tomb, after Jesus has called him out, Jesus doesn't say, you know, somebody should unbind him. Oh, well, maybe one day. It's like being in class, and the teacher says, I need a volunteer, or asks a rhetorical question, and and then no one wants to make eye contact, because you're trying to avoid being the one chosen, right? Right? I know sometimes I do this. I I see a need and then I shrug, hoping that somebody else will take it on. But this isn't what God does. God doesn't just wait around and hope for the best like I did with the audience for my newsletter. Somebody should subscribe. Instead, notice that each of these commands is in the imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's a call to action. Prophesy to the bones. Unbind him and let him go. There's an understood You, you, Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. You, crowd, unbind him and let him go. There's a particular imperative, a particular call to a particular person or particular people. Having seen the death that's all around them, there's no place in the midst of all of the pain, the heartache, the weariness, the struggle, The fracture of our communities, our world, there is no place for a somebody should 
in this story. There's no, let's wait around and see what happens. We don't have time for that. To Ezekiel, surrounded by dry bones into the crowd, face to face with Lazarus, raised from the dead. God is saying, this is your responsibility. Why do you think I brought you here? I've shown you this death that you might speak out, that you might see past the false narratives, the damage, the crisis, the violence, the signs of decay, to instead proclaim a new reality rooted in hope and possibility, that you might imagine that life still lingers here, that you would unbind your sibling from whatever's holding them back so that they can taste abundant life anew. When God asks, can these bones live? It's an invitation then to embody hope. By God's grace, it's a charge to take your authority as a follower of Jesus, claiming the promise of your baptism and living into it and dare to believe in word and deed that God's healing that God's justice, that God's belonging, that God's mercy, that God's abundant life will have the final say. These bones live. I recognize that some of us this morning might feel like the dry bones ourselves. For some of us, we're cut off, we're devoid of hope, we're we're dried out, we're giving all that we can right now. And if that's where you are this morning, I want you to know that God is with you and feel that freedom to be where you need to be. Trust that that God will bring your tired, weary, broken bones to life again. That resurrection is possible, even if it feels so far away, that restoration is just around the corner and is not as ridiculous as some would have you believe. In the meantime, let this community stand in the gap with you and believe on your behalf, if that's where you are this morning. But for others of us, maybe you've been feeling something stirring in you, a nudge here or there, but you've shrugged it off, made all the excuses, taken a laissez-faire approach. Maybe you've been playing the somebody should game yourself, believing that somebody else more qualified, with more time, with more resources, could take it on. Couldn't possibly be me. But when you hear, can these bones live? Does something come to mind for you? When you close your eyes and hear that question, can these bones live? Is there a person whose face is conjured in your mind's eye? Whose face do you see? What's the possibility that the Spirit is showing you? How is God calling you this morning to embody hope, to embody possibility and new life for a friend, for a community, for a loved one? Is there something here at the local church that you keep waiting for somebody else to do? Perhaps this is the call that you have been waiting for. After all, somebody should do something. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's an easy way to share the love. You can learn more about the local church at our website, growlocal.church, or just come see us one week. Thanks for listening and love where you are.